so glad you're availing yourselves to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals are being helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray the ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now, let's receive the message. An awesome God, an awesome God. When we say somebody is awesome, it means that he's awe-inspiring. Awe-inspiring. If you look at it literally, the person has some qualities and attributes that needs to be feared. Fear, not in sense of the negative fear that paralyzes, but rather the reverential fear that brings the person to a place of honor and grandeur. So all inspiring is to let you understand that for us to be able to relate to God and benefit from him, we have to understand him from every facet of who God is. A God is not just a God who provides, he's a healer too. He's not a God who sustains us in weaknesses, he's strength too. He is all powerful to a point that no power on this earth can be matched with his power. So when we talk about an awesome God, we are talking about a God who is all-rounded. So when I say you serve a living God, you're serving a God who doesn't soon forget what people do to make his name great and to announce him to the world. When you look through the Bible, See, all the people that stood for the name of God became renowned. They became renowned for one thing, and one thing only, is because they saw the awesomeness of God, and they want to stand for that name, like David. He saw uh, Goliath just hooting, you know, insults and threatening the children of Israel, and said, who are you? uncircumcised Philistine. You see, that word uncircumcised Philistine in the old translation means more than somebody who is uncircumcised. He's saying that you don't even match to us, let alone the God we serve, that you can stand and speak so despite about our God. So David took that challenge because he knows the God is saved. Am I talking to somebody? I'm talking about a God that when his presence walks into a place, everything that is in disarray gets organized. You see, your life is an example. Most of you forget from where you were coming from. You soon forget. So when we're talking about an awesome God, you thought that, oh, what kind of God is he? I'm looking for $100 and he hasn't given it to me, so it's not that awesome enough. Is your life worth more than a hundred dollars? Has he protected you? Even when you look at 2023, we are in the seventh month of 2023, exactly in the middle of the seventh month. And you're still breathing. See, he's an awesome God. And you have to come to that place to understand that before you can benefit from him. Since we like to use scriptures as a basis of our argument, let's read Ephesians chapter 1. And let's listen to what Paul was telling them and build our argument from that. Anybody here? Ephesians chapter 1 is a very good, uh, uh, I would say, book that every believer must master. 
because it tells us about our state and how God knowing our state despite our lowest estate still came and took us in as his children and his goal is to make us the blessing that he has predetermined for us to become so it means that you know who you are because of what you are but you're who you are because he has predetermined for you to become what you are amen it says that look at that it says paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. God is faithful. He demands faithfulness. Amen. So he says that to the faithful who are in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath what? blessings were in heavenly places in Christ. So as long as you are in Christ, this address should be your mantra. God is not going to bless you. I told you he's an awesome God. He does things super fantabulous and super super abundant. He's not just blessed you, but he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings where in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Or in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you haven't gone to heaven yet, ladies and gentlemen, I want to recommend for you to chase this blessing. Because this blessing has been already impacted into you. It's your job to work it out, to make manifest. Then verse 4, it says, According as he had chosen us, where? He's chosen as where? As his chosen as where? In him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love he chose us to set us apart so that we will stand for his name before the world having verse 4 predestinated us up unto the adoption of children by what Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will we are now let's read the six together ready read to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. If we just take the six and talk about the six, you can see that there's nothing you did about your relationship with God, but God just did what he has to do to get you in. Amen. Can I say that again? Most people are working hard, they're doing things, fasting and praying, 21 days fast, 40 days fast. 70 days fast and they fast and pray, pray God for money, pray God for help, pray God, then they're doing that. But they have missed the fact that verse 3 says that he has blessed us, he's empowered us beyond our limit, that the blessings that he's empowered us with will come to us through the heavenly places in Christ. Then verse 6 and then he says that to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has already what accepted he has accepted us you see to those of you who are struggling to fit in you have to catch a revelation here god accepted you before you even know him amen he has accepted us in the beloved it means that if you're in christ you've already been accepted God promises children a blessed life, not a difficult life. I'll say that again. 
see, a blessed life is a life that is going through turmoil and difficulty and it's still cool, calm, and collected like a cucumber. A blessed life is a life that is not trying to uh, match up with the, the people in his neighborhood. A blessed person is the person who is driving a hoopty but still drives it like he's driving a Bentley Amen. and he's still singing the praise of God. A blessed life is a life that doesn't try to outdo anybody. You see, their goal is to make sure that their relationship with God is intact, their relationship with one another is okay, and their relationship with themselves is whole. You see, life lived in fullness doesn't demand extra work. It's still, it only demands you understanding who you are, who you are, and the, what the, the community in which God has placed you. Because one of the scriptures we don't quote a lot, but it's very essential to our relationship with God, is the Bible says that love thy neighbor as you love yourself, and love the Lord the harder, what? With all thy heart, thy mind, and thy, your everything. That suggests to you that spirituality in its essence is you know who your God is. You have a relationship with God. You are at peace with yourself and you are at peace with one another. Anything apart from this is essence. So we serve an awesome God because this God knows who his children are. Can I speak like channel 5? It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I repeat that because somebody interrupted me. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? So if human beings, I mean, human as we are, always are concerned about where our children is, God is much more concerned about you. What you haven't learned to notice is, anytime you stray far away from God, God creates opportunities and circumstances and situations to get you closer. So our God is an awesome God. Why is he awesome? Because everywhere his presence is, people are protected, people prosper, and people walk in good health. Tell John 2. <clears throat> Tell John 2. We should not allow the vicissitude of life to stop us from what? Reaching out to God anytime we need him. Tell John. Somebody help me with Tell John 2. Tell John is only one chapter. Verse 2. Let's read it together. Ready? Read if you found it. Say, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So prosperity is tripartite. Can I say that again? Some of you are prospering financially, but you're always sick. That's not good prosperity. God's wish for you is that you prosper spirit soul and body look at it again it says beloved i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers if you're a very good english student and you want to be a little critical you ask why god is saying he's wishing you see god wishes because he wants you to be in alignment with him so that everything he has done for you will be funneled through your life to this world can I say that again? Oh, I wish I have a drink of water. Why are you wishing if you have children who can just go to the fridge and get you a drink of water? Why are you wishing? 
But you see, God doesn't use us against our will. God always wants us to be willing to will his will so that he will use us as example to the rest of the world that he's an awesome God. That he can take nothing and do something with it. He can find an empty space and create a whole family in that empty space. You see, I came to announce to you that our God is so much into a relationship that any space or any opportunity he gets with the person, with the group of people, he casts covenants. We treat this subject next week. I've been pushing it off. Next week we'll do that. Our God is a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. People make things and they don't follow through. People give their words and walk away and forget. But this is a God before he says it, he's already established it. Deuteronomy 7, 6 and 9. He's a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. In covenant, there are two aspects of covenant, unilateral covenant and a bilateral covenant. Next week, I'll touch on that. Don't miss next week. You see, it's important for you to understand that in a unilateral covenant, the responsibility is on both. But in, in a unilateral, did I say by? And by, the responsibility is on both. But in unilateral covenant, the responsibility is on one. God is the only one who makes covenant and also gives the other party an opportunity to enjoy the covenant without contributing to that covenant. Next week, I'll go a little deeper. You see, when I meet you and we want to be friends, I need your consent for the friendship to go on, right? That's unilateral. When we agree, we agree on terms and conditions. If you call me 6 o'clock every morning and buy me McDonald's for breakfast, then our friendship is good. Then I said, okay, I'll buy McDonald's plus what? A Wendy's in the afternoon. Then we are in agreement, right? The moment I don't call you at 6 and buy you McDonald's, I what? I break the covenant. So I have the right to also what? Chicken out. Why? Because there was an agreement. But in the unilateral covenant, there are terms and conditions that one person has decided that he's going to take it all upon himself to make sure it works. See, that's why sometimes we take God for granted. He said, I need 100% from you, but give me a 10. And we're still having a problem with that. We're still having a problem because our mind hasn't been developed to come to a place of understanding what covenant is all about. If he makes covenant, and the Bible said he made a covenant with Abraham, and because he couldn't swear by any greater thing, Guess what? God swore by himself. Why did he swear by himself? Because he believes he can stand to see the covenant happen. How many people have met people and they gave you their word, they turned around and they disappointed you? You see, disappointment is one of the things that human soul can't take. Why? Because God didn't create us as covenant breakers. The Bible says in this last day, the characteristics of this last day People are going to be what? Covenant breakers, truth breakers, covenant breakers. So they, they would look at you and suck all your energy, all your finances, all your emotions, all your time. And after a while, they act as if they don't know you. 
Why? Because they don't understand this simple principle called covenant. If you want to deal with an awesome God, like the God we're dealing with, we have to understand covenants and how covenants work. So when God makes covenants, he doesn't turn around. Look at Isaiah 43 1. He called us and not just called us, but he called us by our name and he said we are his. That's the God you're dealing with. So if you come to God with issues like, oh God, my bill is due, that's below belt. That's below belt for God because God has never been charged with child support before. He hasn't been to any family court being demanded that he brought us here and didn't take care of us. He said, look at the lilies in the valleys. Look at the birds that fly. Do they have farms? Do they spin? Do they have clothing uh, factories? But I, the Lord, clothe them every season. That tells you how awesome your God is. You're serving an awe-inspiring God, an awesome God, a God that nothing can be compared to. I came to motivate and to encourage you to know that if you're already a child of God and you're living as a child of God, don't let life stress you out to a point of you walking away from this God. Because he's an awesome God. Have you seen Jeremiah? Sorry, Isaiah 43, 1. It says, I called you by your name. And traditionally, when you know, name something, what does it mean? You're owning it. Say, owning. There are a lot of cars, but there are some cars called Porsche. There are a lot of dogs, but there are some dogs called Bruno. When you go to the dog pound or dog park and they're playing, and you mention Bruno. All the doors called Bruno are coming to you. You know why? Because anything you name, you own. Say it after me. Anything you name, you own. So in life, you want to own something, name it. Put a name on it. And make sure that you work on it until it becomes yours. So God called us. I wish somebody could read Isaiah 43 one for me. I love that scripture. Read it louder. But now thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. That created thee. That created thee. O Jacob, mm-hmm. he that formed thee, O Israel. Yes. Time, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Thou art mine. There's nothing you could do about it. You belong to God. There's nothing you could do about it. Sometimes I want to go so deep. That people wonder if I'm giving people license to live anyhow and still call themselves children of God. I'm not giving them license. I'm rather freeing them so that they live above their privilege and not, not live below. You're in charge of God. Plain and simple. If you are Christ in your heart, you're in charge of God. You have to understand that and live like that. You can't be a prince and come into the neighborhood and wallow in the mind. You can't do that. But guess what? If you feel like doing that, do that freely. Your father will let the house prince, uh, what, this uh, palace maid pick you up and clean you up. That's the kind of God we said. The prodigal son decided to go and have a feel of his life. The father didn't take his eye from him. Religious people stop telling people to do things. We can't do it by ourselves. That's why he came to do it for us. See, my part is to help you to beat the bad habit that drags you back into the mind. 
for you to build discipline and resistance so that when you walk in, you walk with your chest out, know that I am God's. I know who I am and whose I am. Say it after me. I know who I am and whose I am. If you know who is backing you, I'm telling you, you be bolder than you are right now. He's an awesome God. To those who don't believe him, he inspires fear, terror in their hearts. To those of us who believe him, when we go wrong, we know he loves us so much, we don't want to stray far away. So stop judging us. We know our father. We know who our father is. Do you know him the way you should know him? So the Bible says that he's called us by his name, and we are here. Say, I belong to God. Say, say, I belong to God. Jesus said this thing too, John 10, 25 to 30, that's why I would like you to read it. It says, because you are mine, nobody can pluck you out of my hands. Because you are mine, nobody can pluck you out of my hands. Isn't that assuring to know that nothing can pluck us out of the hands of this awe-inspiring God? Not death, not persecution. Not slandering, not lying, not anything that the devil can use to discourage a human being. The Bible says, Paul wrote to the woman, says, Nay, in all these things, in our slander, in our, uh, what do you call it, crisis, in our frustration, in our pain, it says, in all these things, we are not just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave his life for us. If it's about us, we're already failures. Church, let's close and go home. Let's stop having church. Because this human institution cannot be trusted. But God has a perfect, super perfect institution called the body of Christ. Of whom we are part of. Your church name doesn't matter. What matters is do you belong to this body? We have local bodies and universal body. Do you belong to this body? If you're part of this body, God's eyes is on you. Read it. Jesus answered them, I told you and ye believe not. I told you and you didn't believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Yes. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. You are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. You are out of part of Christ body or you're on your own there are only two races god see from heaven those in christ and those in adam which part do you belong my sheep hear my voice he said my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me that's what you have to master as a child of god you have to learn to hear the voice of god not the voice of your archbishop or your bishop or your apostle or your chief apostle hear the voice of god and the voice of God connects to the voice of the people he's using to build you up. And I give unto them eternal life. I give to them eternal life. Who gives eternal life? Jesus Christ. And they shall never perish. They shall never. The word is they shall never perish. So the argument of one save forever save or one save you could go to back to hell. This answers the question. I give to them eternal life and they shall never perish. But they can destroy themselves. Have I adjusted it for you? Free loaded thinking everything is free. You will never perish when it comes to eternity. 
but you can destroy yourself. That's why I emphasize on personal development. Don't do things to cheapen the eternal life he bought for you. Say, I want you to finish, but this part is important to me. I always say it jokingly, and I believe it. You could be a child of God, overdose and die. You go to heaven if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. A biblical fast to prove it. But you kill yourself so soon. Your children didn't know who you are. They didn't enjoy you. You didn't know what potential you had, what you could have become by using that drug. So you see, drugs is nothing against God. It's against you allowing the devil to destroy your life so early. Let's change the narrative and speak the truth. Because it's the truth that will set the people free. After you've accepted the Lord as your personal savior and you're smoking the weed and you're feeling that euphoria. See, God wished you wouldn't do that and get high on the Holy Ghost. But because you're a baby and he's bringing you closer, you see, he guides you to you can have that sense to say no to that hurt. Are you listening to me? Don't let the world make you feel as though if you're in Christ and you don't have it all together, then it means you failed. The devil failed before you. Because he couldn't stop your master, the one who bought your redemption. Am I speaking right? So finish it now, sir. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's the part I want you to see. He said, I give you eternal life. And nobody can take you out of my hands. Was it emphatic, church? Was it emphatic? So don't, doubt, don't ever doubt your salvation. What you have to work on is your behavior. Things you do that makes you feel guilty that you can't go to God. Things you do that makes you isolate yourself from the family of God when God's children are gathering together. Because some things reduces your confidence in God. Because the moment your spirit gives you the signal that you're wrong, your confidence drops. And the devil takes advantage of that. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He will poke you and poke you and poke you till, like Judas, you go commit suicide. The devil is a liar. God has given you eternal life. Don't let the devil steal your life away from you. Anytime you know you are in the wrong, go back to the one who started it all. He began it from the foundation of the world. We read it in Ephesians. So that you become a child of God through his sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection. I'm getting long-winded. Let me wind up. When life presents to you difficulty, I want you to remember one thing, that you have a covenant with an unchanging God. He's a faithful God. Always remember that. He's, an, he's a faithful God who would never give you his word, turn around and change his mind. When he came to the children of Israel, he stood behind them in Numbers chapter 23. Man of God, if you can open that quickly so we can hear that too. Very, very inspiring scripture. They were going through one of these cities who became so afraid of their fame, their power, and their presence that they hired a prophet to go curse them out. You know the story, right? Balaam cursed them out so that they wouldn't be able to use their blessings over us. So blessing is an empowerment. When God blesses you, no demon can kill you. When God blesses you, nobody can defame you. The more they try to destroy your name, the more your name goes abroad. There's another way God announces us. It's not always by good deeds. Sometimes people try to do you in. 
will try to destroy you but god can use that there are people i search from youtube because i had somebody say something bad and out of curiosity let me find out who this person is bad news sales how many of you know that if you want to be popular get 20 people to say bad things about you put it on social media people will go and look for you you see all i'm trying to let you know is our god is so awe-inspiring he's an awesome god that anything the devil tries to do good bad or indifferent it will make it work together for your good man of god read that scripture so Balaam tried to curse them and it didn't work read from 19 sir god is not a man that he should lie he's not a man that he should lie is it clear enough for you child of god he's not a man man can sometimes when my kids were kids i tell them listen i changed my mind and we all joke about it you remember his son i tell them i'm taking it to the park i get so tired i said but dad, you say you did. I said, I changed my mind because I'm a human being. I'm tired. I can't do what I told you. When I was telling you, I, I wanted to do it. But for now that you're asking me, I don't have the energy. I can change my mind. Tell somebody you have the right to change your mind. Because you're a human being. God is not a man. You see why we get disappointed? We treat men like God and God like man. As a child of God, treat God like God is an awesome God and treat man like man. So when they say they change their mind, don't be disappointed. Yeah, you feel a little kind of anyway, but move on. Because God won't change his mind, man will. God is not a man to change his mind, continue. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He doesn't change. Have he said and shall he not do it? It's a question, right? What did he tell you that you're now in doubt about it? Or have he spoken and shall, not, and shall he not make it good? You see, so he says it, he does it, he speaks it, he backs it. Behold, I have received commandments to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. That's Balaam's confessing to Balak that I can't do it. I can't do it. I know this God that when he blesses, you can't change it. Take the people, put them in acid. They'll come back whole and alive. Break a whole building over them. If God chooses to just them not to die, they will bring all the rubbles 10 days, 30 days, 40 days, and they'll come back still crying and breathing. Because he's an awesome God. You see, he, because he's awesome, he's sovereign too. He chooses to do what he wants to do. The Bible says he can raise one and bring down the other. It's all God's work. God allows certain situations so that he can get our attention. When you give the devil credit, the devil reinforces. If it's pain, he reinforces that pain. Child of God, remember that. But when you understand that all is working together for your good and God is in operation, that pain becomes pleasure later. Child of God, am I teaching good? Get it in your head so that you won't give credit to whom credit is not due. God has it all together. He's a sovereign God. He can do whatever he wants. He can stop your cash flow just to get your attention that you're becoming too pompous. And because you have money, you think you're all that. So that he can get you, he can get you back to the house. Prodigal son, prodigal daughter. So he can get you back to the house. Don't give the devil credit for your money running low. Don't give the devil credit. You're a child of God. He said, 
I got them in my hands and nobody can pluck them out of my hands. That's assuring. Have you finished that? So God wants you to know this morning that wherever your faith is, is determining the outcome of your life. I'll say it again because I'm about to finish. Wherever your faith is, is your faith in your job? Is your faith in people? Is your faith in your money? Is your faith in your connection? Let me tell you something. The richest person on earth can die tomorrow. God never dies. Amen. That's why when he made a covenant with Abraham, he was looking for something to just buttress it. And then the Bible says he couldn't find anything more stable and reliable. He created all things. So for Abraham to have that sure guarantee and surety that he's an awesome God, he swore by himself. He said, in blessing, I'll bless you. In blessing, I will bless you. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. You know why you're struggling? You haven't caught the revelation to tap into that blessing that is in the heavenly places into the material realm so that you and your descendants and your generations can enjoy that blessing. You serve an awesome God. Don't chip in yourself. Walk with your shoulders high with confidence knowing that it's not all that I want, but it's better than it used to be. And my future is bright. I am Sam. I came to encourage you to walk with God, with confidence. Because without that, the devil will even trick you out of your blessing. God bless you. This is Wisdom Connection. You serve an awesome God. He's an awesome God. God bless you.